Technically, it's, it's it's pretty cool to have such an authentic background. Yes. <laughs> If you hear the foreground. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, so once we finished the board meeting, I, I talked to Alex and to Renos. Uh, and they, I, I, I wanted to ask them about the vision of the club, so maybe they yeah. mentioned any uh, future plans or something, but they were so 
PC about it. Uh, you know, nah, you know, yeah, the <laughs> diversity of Europe, maybe going beyond Europe or something. <laughs> so that may, okay. It's general, right? Yeah. So it's it's a, it's a bit like with the photographs. You know, having people pose for the photographs. Yeah. <laughs> So that's why it's better to. It's not like a fly on the wall. It's it's more like a cockroach on the table. This this microphone. Still. Elephant in the room. <laughs> For another ten minutes, I think we'll forget yeah, it. We'll forget about it. <laughs> Maybe you should build it into a beer bottle or something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> between us four, we probably have. Uh, I don't know how many years have you uh, clocked in the advertising industry. I'm 20, 30, 50. That's a hundred. So. Yeah. So it's over a hundred years in advertising. I mean, uh, I need to just take yeah. this opportunity. <laughs> well, there's a brilliant book. Um, a few years ago, I decided, that's a personal confession now, um, two or three years ago, I decided that I have enough of, you know, my clients being kind of smart asses. <laughs> and I decided to read almost every book which means something in advertising communication, but meaningful book, not just not not, oh, yeah. you know, not old shit, not theory, but and I found um, from BBH Labs, you know, Bartle Bogle Hegarty Labs, yeah, they, they made um, four years ago with the last uh, football championship, you know, they made kind of. Uh, Championship between the most influential marketing communication creative books, okay. and people voted, and they started with 32 books. So I found that on Twitter, and I decided to read them all, and I read them all, and <laughs> some extra books because you, when you start reading, then you, then you find out there is more behind that book. It's a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. It's a rabbit hole. <laughs> One of those books was I don't know if you know, if you guys know it. It's called The Anatomy of Humbug. Yes, I've yes. read it yeah, yeah, yeah. like five times. Yeah. <laughs> and and what is fascinating is that the concepts which are now emerging is the most modern one are over 100 years old. And what you said, we have over 100 years, um, years of experience. Yeah, but we are still inventing things which, which, which have been known for yeah, hundred and more years. So you remix them. And now you can go to the meeting and if someone comes with the AIDA concept, uh, I can say, oh, you mean that concept from 1936? Yeah, you know. Uh, Actually, 1892. Actually. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's even older. Yeah, that's really brilliant. So, you know, it's really brilliant. Yeah, there's a second book. Yeah, have it. Uh, why does the peddler sing? It's, just, it's just amazing. It. It's just. just <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's by uh, Paul Feldwick, I think. Yes, Feldwick. The author, uh, strategist from BDDP or something like that, but one of the great old agencies. Yeah, yeah so, I read The Peddler uh, uh, just a couple of months ago. It's really nicely put together. And, and he has this, um, in the beginning of uh, Anatomy of Hamburg, he introduces this, the... Uh, how, how would you even call that? Like a, uh, an outlook to advertising, like a perspective. And they say like there are some people that are in have this 
a lens of the golden age, so they look and say, oh, yeah. you know, now the advertising is not time. as yeah. fun yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't film on film. We shoot the digital, you know. Uh, yeah, now the budgets, you know, now the client relationships. Then this year zero, uh, and uh, what was the third one? Yeah, the third one was very Enlightenment, the, the Enlightenment age, and then the year zero, because the Enlightenment age is like, back then they didn't know shit, now, now we, we do know, yeah. and the year zero is, they didn't know shit, it starts now, but I don't know anything. <laughs> Until now everything was completely, it's completely obsolete. Until this morning everything is obsolete, but now you know everything which is new is it's the, the best. best paradigm, the best, the only truth. So my, my question is for you guys now, knowing how much experience you have in advertising. Are you a golden age proponent or...? No, because it's too much nostalgia inside, but to, to be... If we if we built on facts, facts. In '95, they made uh, a research in UK, and 36% of respondents responded that advertising commercial are better than regular program. More than one third. They uh, they did this research again. That's from in, Book Lemon. Yes, that's from <laughs> Lemon. Yeah, that's from Lemon. But it's a legit yes. research. Yeah, yes. research. Only 3% of people say that advertising is better than... So something really went wrong in, from 95 until today. Something went wrong. We are not as funny as we used to be, but we are not as entertaining. And what I personally think, that we made a, a pact with the devil. Instead of, instead of uh, entertaining people, being funny, attracting them, we became stalkers, which stalk people on every damn point that we can stalk them. On every digital media, on every social network, in every every occasion we use to just just to jump to people with some very simple and intrusive message. Instead of letting people go to us because we are entertaining, interesting, funny and so on. I mean, and, and, and entertaining to me it, it, the, the word surprise is surprising. Yeah. I mean, we, we tell the audience what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. And this is the big mistake, you know, we should like surprise them with something they never expected. And then it's uh, creating some kind of an interest into mm. to something where you feel like, oh, I experienced today something new, mm. and uh, which brings me somehow forward, and uh, I has the ability to change my perception or my even my behavior. Or, uh, that, that, I think that that is. Uh, uh, um, what we all aim for, and, and there are so. Uh, I mean, it, it, uh, if, if it goes down like, like you know, melted butter or so, and uh, you can swallow it, uh, but it's it's, it's so. You know, <laughs> it's so there's no. You have to eat something where you can like what was that you know and then you you get uh, all of a sudden alive again and, 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 and you, you start to 
to feel like a human being, <laughs> otherwise you feel... I, I got to feel that uh, we are misusing you know, a, 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 a lot of organs. Uh, and that's typical when you look at, uh, today with algorithms. These algorithms, they, they, they seem to know who you are. And, and it's complete, sometimes completely wrong. You know? If your grandmother has a pain with, 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 with her, her foot, then you go uh, and, uh, uh, and Google it if that could be. Then all of a sudden, they, you have they, the they, 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 then you get all this, this ad because they think you're the grandmother. They treat you like that. So I think. Uh, yeah, and to me, some we always claim that we we don't have enough money because we look at some some production quality of stuff and we think, wow, that's great, and you need so much money. And I somehow did like the time, especially if you're from a small country, where you don't we didn't have a real. Production money, where you were really limited because that forced you to have an idea, yeah. an idea which you, which you can uh, even scribble it very, very. If, if, if you reduce it down to the minimum that you have to do a little storyboard with yeah. five, six frames and with a pencil. And then you give it, hand it over to some, some uh, of your friends and show it to him. If he then, after the six friends, had this kind of, wow, what a great commercial. That's all about. You know, when, when you achieve that, then, then it's great. It's a good idea. Yeah. You know, and, and I had a lot of times the other way around that people tell me, you know, it's, it's not a big idea, but we can produce it fantastically, you know, that it's, 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 it's going to be, you know, that it's, it's going to be really uh, great, you know, that's an insult, you know. Exactly. But I think it comes up to the, our obsession with data, like you said, like... You make a pre-test, so you will you will test the test the test the couple animatics, and then make a decision out of animatics. Like there's no emotion in there, there's nothing, and the client wants something that won't piss anyone off. So it, mediocre stuff happens, and also we are obsessed with the stuff that you need immediate reaction. So you try to, try to chase the people. So I, sorry, yeah, sorry, just finish. Uh, I was trying to find, there is a great thread on Twitter by John Long, he's executive creative director of an agency. And he, um, he just made, you know, this, how it started, how it's going. And he made, he just uh, juxtaposed an ad from, let's say, 70s or 80s or 90s and a modern ad from the same brand, like BMW, like Harley-Davidson and so on. If you look at those old ads, they're so much more better, right? better. So yeah. it's so much more imagination and uh, wit inside. And I'm trying to find it because, but it is. Um, but it's like the legendary Porsche ads. When you look at yeah, them nowadays, yeah, yeah. it's just 
great idea. Or the ad for Harley Davidson with a long road yeah. and a small guy on a motorcycle and the headline in this exact moment someone above you is opening a bag of peanuts. Uh, and now it's you know a guy on the motorcycle and headline feels the freedom or something. Similarly, lame. Now inside. So if you look at that thread from John Long, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, some things really went uh, went in the wrong direction. Well, the like, like Orlando Wood also writes about. Big result with the, the left. Left brain domination, you know. Yeah, that's what I said. We are just stalking people on different platforms. Yeah. We, just, we are stalking them in every possible moment or situation or place that we can just um, attack them with a very simple and intrusive and intrusive message. Instead of being funny and I, I had that exact discussion with my copywriters. Which is very much, you know, very young people, but very much on the, you know, we have to do something more and admirers of the old craft, let's say. And the, they said that it is possible that if we today wrote ads like that, nobody will notice them because they will be too, di too different from the, what their pe people used to see. They used to see very direct messages by that discount that feel the freedom of that they're not they they are kind of not used to use their brains anymore basically <laughs> you have to lure them into having yeah but i'm not yeah. sure I think people would look I'm, I'm still i'm an optimist I, I see the good things in people i think the people are smart they're not that smart and the thing is that Yes, everybody is saying that the attention span is three seconds like shorter than the fish. But when you look at what kind of media their people are using, they are they just sit down to Game of Thrones and watch nine hours of TV straight. So if it's interesting for them, they just sit down and they watch it. Exactly. If the thing is boring, that the attention span is three seconds. But if it's not, it can be nine hours. But it's, you know, to me it's, it's a bit like... It's a good argument. I will, I will use it. I use it quite. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Can you I steal it? Yes, of course. It's, it helps the advertising. <laughs> you know the guys who play the the, 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 the entertainer in a hotel. You know, mm. you have this hotel guest and he is on the piano and he's uh, and then he asks in the round. So your wish and your wish and your wish and your wish and he is playing exactly that what everybody is wishing. So every night we hear more or less the same, same stuff. The same stuff. That's actually what we are doing as an industry now. You know, we we, we have our uh, data and research and, and find out uh, this is something you you uh, you are uh, struggling with. This is something. But this is your wish. Or how the world should be. This is your wish. How you manage it. Uh, and and uh, and we just <laughs> change that into this song, and and and, and uh, that everybody should be pleased. Yes, <coughs> that's because they can't. Yeah. We are the creators, not them. So we have to surprise them, not yeah. the audience. The audience. 
when you go past some work, they just can say. It's always mediocre. Exactly. But they are not the creative who come up with the, with the solution and with the uh, su surprising idea. They, they are not here to surprise themselves. We are here, here to surprise them, you know. And so somehow it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Miami at school used to have this slogan that pop culture engineering. That's what it is. I loved it. It's engineering. It's not reflecting. It's not... Exactly. I'll look at you and then I'll show it back to you to just broadcast it back to you. No, no, no. We will engineer something. That becomes pop culture, not reflect the pop culture. And now it's the, the algorithms. They learn from what there is out there. So BMW had a nice uh, saying about that. Uh, when they were asked once... Do you perform market research to see what people need and want from the car? And the Germans were kind of, you know, the Germans faces, faces and they said, no, we have engineers for that. <laughs> we'll show them what they <laughs> Exactly. You wouldn't go to a movie that you know how it ends and what the whole scenario is going to be. I think in recent years it's changing a little bit. I, also think I, I feel the shift slowly because I think we were obsessed with the performance and everything like just making a lot of money and making it like right away. But I think right now that we can see that you have to be different and you have to have a creative idea in order to, to work correctly. At least in Slovakia. And also I think that this. Um, this form of digital mar digital advertising, which which is kind of extremely effective, start, yeah. is starting it's starting to fade. Yes. Because the metrics are, we all know that the digital metrics are completely wrong. We all know that all those impressions and all those millions and billions of impressions, that those numbers are made up. Everybody knows that. But it's better to have a made-up number than no numbers in the bureaucratic, you know, environment of a big client. But everybody knows that it's just, uh, it's really a made-up number, you know. <laughs> um, and um, a few tests also proved that there are some companies which kind of cancelled uh, for a time advertising on social networks, nothing happened. Advertising with influencers, nothing happened. Sometimes even sales even uh, uh, went up. So there is, um, if you look at the, you know, not, not the theoretical number of impressions and reactions, and we all know that. On some, on some data, there is about 60% of traffic on the internet is made by a robot. Yeah. Okay. Even more. 60 to 70%. It is a huge, huge number. So even if, if you see a reaction or engagement with the brand, it's a big possibility that three quarters of this engagement is a robotic engagement, engagement between machines, not people. And even those people, 
who engage with the brand. You know, those it's the same type of people who want to call the radio stations and talk with the radio host, or I don't know, uh, solve crosswords and uh, send them to newspapers in back in time. There is. Um, small minority of people who think that you ha they have to engage and communicate with the brand. But from a commercial point of view, they're, they're not important. The importance, really important is the huge mass of uninterested people. You know, it's from, uh, you probably know how brands grow from Byron Sharp. If you didn't read that book, you read it, it's a must. It's a must, it's the only book which is really based on commercial data on numbers, what works and what don't work. And any talk about brand evangelism, tribes, it's just rubbish. Rubbish from love brands. Love brands is the, one of the most stupid things yes. I heard in my life. That's it. That's it. It's, I think it's we can stupid. There is wishful thinking. Yeah, wishful thinking. Even if there exists, you know, some some people who are lovers of the brand, they're weirdos and they're commercially really completely unimportant. Um, Apple is supposed to be a brand with very loyal followers, but their brand loyalty is below 50%. So more than half of people who owns uh, a Mac computer then buys another one. We also live in our agency bubble, everything. Everyone has a Mac, but that's just we. No, it's just a small bubble of people inside the agencies. The other people think completely different. Dell has a higher brand loyalty than Apple. So Apple is a love brand. No, it's not. <laughs> because love brand doesn't exist. It's a status brand then. Yeah, but if, if more than half of people... Hate brands, it's Okay, <laughs> I also use, uh, I have a MacBook, uh, but you know, just because I like the design and I think that the system is really more intuitive than PC, but before it's I... It's not about the brand. It's not about the brand, basically. Uh, I also can work on PC, it's, uh, it's not so different. Um, I have an iPhone because I have iPad, iPhone and Mac because it's the best to have all from the same environment, you know, it's the only, yeah, one of the main reasons. But what I want to say is if Apple is love brand, why less, less than half of its consumers repeat the purchase? It's not logical, so it's not love brand. It's love brand for some people. It's a small, so small segment of people that it's commercially, economically, is, is not important. Coca-Cola, in their uh, own statistics, Coca-Cola considers frequent buyers people who buy Coke two or three times per year. Per year. Because one time, there is no two tribes, the Pepsi tribe and the Cola tribe. What's the available tribe? We all buy all different things. Sometimes you buy Coca-Cola, then you buy Pepsi, then you buy something else. And sometimes you don't buy anything at all. So those, this um, segmentation, love brands, uh, tribes, it's all imagination. And 
doesn't exist in reality. And why? Because brands are not important to people's lives. There's a brilliant strategist, I really recommend his blog. Uh, his name is Martin Weiger, he's chief strategist. Ch channel side. Yes, yes, you know that. Yeah. It's brilliant, brilliant text. But uh, I, I was lucky once I, he, he, um, he was a golden drum lecturer, so I saw him in, in, in person with exactly the same, the same points, the same messages. Um, the important relations are between people, not between people and brands. And brand, people say that they wouldn't care if 90% of brands cease to exist. Of course they do. It's the most logical thing logical thing you can say. I don't care if some brand exists or not. If it doesn't exist, I'll buy another one who does the same. But I'm, what I'm really concerned is my family, my friends, my wife, my daughter and my son. Those, those relations are really important. And don't confuse those relations, relationships, with relationships with the brands, which are unimportant for our lives and will always be unimportant if we are still, you know, uh, sane in our heads. <laughs> um, but as Vyron Sharp really clearly proved it, it's, you know, the long tail, the majority of uninterested people is, are the ones who define your business success, not your followers, not your uh, evangelists, not your fans. Fans are economically really something that's why we have to be interested sobering very sobering things you're saying is it because you're drinking non-alcoholic beer <laughs> <laughs> but the third one so one percent by Client, quite big client. Before they worked with, uh, I think, Publicis, and they were full of this club brand shit. <laughs> it took me a year and a half that I kind of explained to them and deprogrammed them to stop talking about club brands. They, they make meat potato. Who is in love with the meat potato? No, you eat the fucking thing for dinner or for breakfast, you're not in love with the meat potato. If, some, if somebody would listen to that from the outside, they would say that there are some crazy people talking about something which I think they are into a kind of a, a home for a, a mentally... A, <laughs> If ordinary people yeah, were present at marketing meetings, they would say, oh, 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 careful, 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 that's my, 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 my. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right? That's I'm, I'm more afraid about that, you know. What we are facing that people don't believe anything anymore. They don't believe the press anymore. They don't believe the journalists anymore. 
they don't believe the truth anymore because they see like, okay, so these journalists are, are writing about this issue like that, but they also uh, are in bed with uh, these and these clients and they are not independent anymore. Yes, and, and so, uh, who is actually telling the truth in this world? Ah, no, you can't believe the media anymore. So, uh, who else can we trust? Oh, ah, there is this uh, website there about this guy, and, and they know exactly the truth. They know exactly the truth because uh, this guy who is who wrote that he, he was at the MT uh, there as a professor, and the other one is from Germany, from that university. They, they, and they are not there anymore because they told the truth, you know. And so they, 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 they have to leave. And, and, and you know that. That, to me, this is frightening. That we, we, we completely lost credibility, you know? Mm. Credibility that, that people start to doubt everything. But, and they can't differentiate between bullshit and reality. That's why I think that there one of the futurologists, I don't know which one, I don't remember which one, said that the most critical, the most important um, thing for the future will be the ability for critical thinking. Critical thinking I, I yes. think it's that's correct. Right. Right. Uh, so, but you know, critical thinking, that's what exactly the other ones are doing. They, they say, okay. But you know what you mean? You, that's the, that's the bad thing about it. You have to prove them that they are wrong, but you can't prove it. That's the, that's the bad thing about it. You can't prove it. And I, whenever I come up with a theory and you can't prove me that I'm wrong, hey, that's the proof that I'm right. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the art of talking with people who have who has have a different opinion or which are also misled. I read a very interesting book from American psychologist. Um, his last name is Grant, but the first time I can't remember it. Um, and he is uh, explicitly into how to how to talk to the anti-vaxxers. And uh, the point is that you have to you have to find a common ground. There is, there always is a common ground, and start from them, from them. There is a, in, in, in the States, they have people called vaccination whisperers. They're psychologists, uh, specialized in talking to parents who, who are, you know, anti-vaxxers. Anti, anti and they, they manage to transform the, the thousands and thousands of parents then, and after that they uh, they, they did vaccinate their, their kids but always start with a common ground always start if you start you're, you're a stupid moron you're, you believe in the uh, that's typical that yeah. always start with uh, I understand how, used to it, how you yeah. feel I understand that you want the best for your child for your family and if you decide that you won't vaccinate your child, I will respect your decision because it's sincere. But would you like to talk to me on the matter? And that, that's kind of way, that's not 
for anti-vaxxers. It, it's a basic basis for every dialogue, for every, let's say, meaningful exchange. Of How to sell the good idea to the client. Yeah, because when yeah. guys are shouting at each other, right? It is. It is. It works. The only problem is, I try to reflect on myself how I react on presentations. And client is, you know, kind of rejecting this. And yeah, I, I, I often, yeah, I often make mistake and try to defend my idea. You know, really fight for it really hard and of course I lose at the end because I'm I'm seen as a stubborn uh, guy who can't be moved but yeah for selling something that clients feel not comfortable or has objections this method is also perfect find the common ground so we agree that we have to be interesting so we agree that we have to be different from I don't know, the others or something like that um, and also, I completely understand if you don't like this idea or you think it's not appropriate. I think we can also work on you know, our um, sales pitches a lot, a lot. A lot of times we are too stubborn and too definitive and too firm and take no compromises. It's part of negotiation as well. Yeah. True. Yeah. A lot of times after the meeting, when I go through the door, I could punch myself because I didn't follow my own advice. I know, I know that. Emotions. It's been your stupid idiot. I know, I know the thing is, It's your child. Even, yeah, it's your child. And sometimes, before the meeting, you say to yourself, I don't gonna go and into this trap, you know, <laughs> and then, oh, fuck, yeah. when you go out, you ask yourself, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Didn't we have an agreement? Oh, yeah. Not again. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So, we all have to still grow up a little bit. But it's the nature, I think it's never going to happen, because it's the nature yes. of our work. Exactly. You put so much of yourself into it. it's your personality as well. Yes. Exactly. Sometimes it's better at least to take a break, like to yes. not to say anything at the moment. Say, okay, it's a valid <laughs> point, it's a valid concern, uh, we need to think on it, maybe, you know, and yeah. then, so then you can wrap it up, hold the pill, you know. Without all the emotions. Yeah, yeah, because if yeah. you just go... Yeah. You never win, because he's the client. I mean, sometimes you do, but it still it leaves the unpleasant feeling, you know. So yeah, it's um, been there, done that many times. <laughs>